The Wall Street Journal says Ed Slot is the best source for IRA advice. Have you ever wondered what's better, a 401k or a Roth 401k or a regular IRA or a Roth IRA? Yes, we always think of what Ed refers to as the first half of the game. That's savings, investments, asset allocation. What about the second half? Taxes. You can't win the game without playing the second half. And Ed is going to make sure we're prepared. This is the most interesting conversation about taxes I have ever had. You're going to want to hear it. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Ed, welcome. Thank you for being here. Great to be on with you. Here's what we're going to, we're really going to try to dig into today. And I want to talk about your new book, the, reti- the new Retire Savings Time Bomb. There it is. What a cool, there it is. You the see new it. Retirement Savings Time Bomb, which by the way, the first one was awesome. I know this one is updated and is good or better, but the, the conundrum, one of the most confounding things, so think of all the different things investors that our listeners are thinking about. When can I retire? How much do I need to save? Where do I invest my money? Should I pay down my mortgage? Should I buy a new house? Should I get a vacation home? There's, like, there's a million things we're all thinking about as investors. And I think a lot of those questions are relatively straightforward once you have all the, the data. One thing that I think is more confounding, and this is whether you're 25 or you are 65, is, hey, I got my IRA over here, and I know that I I have to pay taxes on that money, and I got this Roth IRA over here, and I'd love to get the money from the IRA to the Roth because that one's tax-free, but in the middle of that, I get all these taxes. So if you can help us solve today that relatively confounding issue between regular IRA or 401k or Roth IRA or Roth 401k. And we can walk away from today's interviewing with great confidence of that's the vehicle I want to use. Or if it's, hey, I want to use both of these things. How do I do it? And I know no better person than you to help. So let's, let's, let maybe let's start with, just tell me about the new book and the main focus, the main updates, the main theme of the new retirement savings time bomb. Yeah, right. I call it that because there's a ticking tax time bomb. Say that three times fast. I'm used to it already. I call it a ticking tax time bomb in everyone's retirement account. We all played by the rules over the year. We put money in 401ks and IRAs. We made that deal with the devil, I call it, with the <laughs> with the government saying, all right, we'll get a little tax break up front each year. But then, as with any deal with the devil, there's a day of reckoning. And right now, now that date is age 72 under the SECURE Act, and that's the date that payback, uh, like any deal with the devil, the payback comes. That's the date that the government has determined they're sick and tired of waiting for you to drop dead, and they want their money back. So what most people don't realize, and that's what I call this ticking tax time bomb, is the retirement account, most of it is just a big, fat loan. 
that you owe back. That's a loan you got. Every time you take a deduction for retirement, you're in essence taking a loan from the government that will be paid back at some future date at probably a higher balance and probably at a higher rate. So you have this looming debt hanging over your retirement account. Remember the uh, character, oh, I can't think of it. I was just thinking of this. I haven't even thought of this before. But in the old Peanuts cartoon, there was one character that always had dirt around him. Do you remember that character? Yeah, it's like follows him around. I don't know if it was Linus. Linus, I think, was the blanket. But this character had dirt everywhere around. That's how I look at your IRA and 401k. That dirt, you know, it just gets worse and worse. It's everywhere. That's pig pen. Pig pen. Yeah, pig pen. All right. So that's how I look at your IRA or 401k. All that money you've been saving has this cloud of dirt or debt around it wherever it goes until you get rid of it Mm. and that's the ticking tax time bomb because you don't know how bad that debt how much that debt can compound to you know einstein called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world but he also said it works the other way the math does not discriminate compounding works when it's to your favor when you have money in the bank but it also works if you owe money ask anybody who hasn't paid a credit card bill in three months and they'll know what compounding debt is that's what you have to know before right now you shouldn't figure that out when you hit retirement and then you know most of the uh, factors are lined up so the book talks about the planning strategies and you hit on one of them Roth IRAs to start taking down this building growing debt this snowballing debt in your retirement that retirement savings time bomb so you'll have more in retirement and more of it tax-free so it's, it's almost in my the way I look at this it's almost a series of landmines here a series of bombs Maybe let's disarm one of them at a time. The first one would be if you could start fresh and you're 25 and now you're starting to really save some money and you let's say you qualify for being able to put money into a Roth or you have a Roth 401k option at work. If you were to start from scratch, would would it be your advice to just do everything in the Roth relative to a regular 401k? or relative to an IRA. Let's start there. Absolutely. That is a no-brainer, a slam dunk. This is an absolute. Every young person should only, only be doing Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks at work. The greatest money-making asset any individual can possess it's time and young people have more of it than anyone else and this is your opportunity to capitalize on it they have the ability to start from dollar one building a retirement account that's absolutely tax-free so all the growth all the compounding will be a hundred percent theirs they'll never have to share it with the government that's the way to do it now what do you what does it cost you what do you give up not everything's free well, you'll give up a tax deduction. You won't get the tax deduction for contributing to your 401k or traditional IRA. Big deal. It's worthless anyway. And, the, and, the, the, and let me give our, our listeners just a couple quick notes yeah. on this, is that in, in the year 2021, if you're married filing jointly, as far as contributing to a Roth IRA, it as long as you're under 100, let's call it around 200, so 198,000. Yeah, it's a high limit. Yeah, pretty high limit. You can still contribute your money, your six thousand dollars a year, to a Roth 
if you're under right. 50. Well, just just doing some rules here. But real quick, Ed, here's another – this is another – maybe this is a mini mini disabling this mini time bomb is that I've gotten this question a lot. It's like, wait a minute. What if they change the rules on the road? Let's dismantle that one. When I used to do these programs, I did them all over the country for consumers, people that are thinking exactly that. I would get that exact question you asked me, Wes, uh, except the, the question I would get was it was asked not as nicely as you asked it. Uh, <laughs> but the question I would get, because I talk all about Roth, I get excited because I love tax-free. You keep more of your hard-earned money. And then somebody would get up, yeah, but can you trust the government to keep their word? And I'm even saying it nicer than they said it, yeah. all right? And the answer is absolutely not. You can't trust these guys as far as you could throw them. Look at the history of tax law. You know, CPAs like me, for those who don't know, I'm a tax advisor, a CPA, have this old saying, tax laws are written in pencil. You know, things just, you cannot count on things, but it's here now. Take advantage of it now, and you have low rates now. The foundational principle of all good tax planning is to always pay taxes at the lowest rates. Rates are low now. It pays to give up deductions or pay tax to convert now. Remember, retirement planning is a long-term proposition. You want to, don't be short-sighted and look at things now. Well, I don't want to pay tax now. Look at what you'll have later. That's the big payoff. You get something for your money. But many people are short-sighted. But that's a good question that you had. Everybody asks that. Nobody trusts the government to keep their word. Well, and I, you know who especially doesn't trust the government? My audiences, people on yeah. Social Security. Every time I mention that, oh, do you remember the Social Security wasn't taxed? And then in the 80s and in the 90s, now it's 85% taxable. What do you think of that, Ed? Well, it's in pencil. <laughs> it's because the rules are in pencil. And it's interesting. Well, think about this. They went from... Being able to spread out your IRA RMDs over this stretch IRA of your lifetime. And now they say your heirs have to take all this money out over a 10-year period. Talk about a tax time bomb. Now, if I'm in a already a high tax bracket, let's say I'm already paying 30% in taxes or 35%. Is that the kind of person where you, if you want to convert your regular IRA or old 401k into a Roth, we know the toll the note we know the toll keeper is a every every penny you convert from a regular IRA or forga into the Roth you got to not only do you got to pay the taxes but it then also contributes to your overall income how do you measure that almost circuitous question it's i want to convert but when i convert my income goes up and my tax rate goes up ed how do you deal with that man you, you hit another question people ask me. Probably a more moderate approach is to start a plan to make uh, annual smaller conversions over many years. So over time, you're taking down that debt at reasonable rates and building up your tax-free balance that will never be taxed. So again, I would never convert so much that you go broke. But some people, actually, I've had people over the years do exactly that. They, I've had, I did it myself, actually. Back in 2010, if you remember before that, people who made over 100,000 were not able to convert. They had a limit. 
they they eliminated the tax law eliminated the restriction in 2010 and it opened the floodgates and that was the deal of the century if you were on um, any of my programs if you saw any of my programs i told everybody to do that i said it on my pbs show and that was a deal of the century in 2010 i converted everything lock stock and barrel because i believe in what i for myself i you know whatever i say in the book you're I've eating your own my, cooking ed Good, yeah, right. Good. So you don't have to convert everything. I'm just saying I did that because they gave people that one-time deal. You know why they did that? And this is an, uh, a little insight to why I believe to your other question, will the government ever change these rules? And the answer is no. I can't trust them. I, I stick with that. But the answer is no, because you know why? You know why they did that? They needed money. Mm-hmm. They needed and the tax they revenue. They brought in a ton of money when they re- eliminated the 100000 income restriction. So they look, the way Congress looks at Roth, uh, it looks, it, they look at it as revenue. In fact, you mentioned the SECURE Act, the elimination, which we'll get into, the stretch IRA. Do you know where that was in the SECURE Act? That was under the revenue provisions of the Secure Act. That's where that was. They look. Re- hold at on. Any- explain that to our listeners. Revenue for who, Ed? The government. There we are. They look at Roths as a you know uh, the go- what's the uh, the golden egg? What's that saying? The uh, it's the golden yeah. goose. The golden goose. The That's Roth what it conversion is. is the golden goose, not the Roth. Right. right. The conversion is the golden goose for the government. It brings in a ton of revenue. By the way, and, I, and again, for our listeners, I want to give you some uh, – this is this practical – the way we look at this as a, as a, as a planning firm that I – again, I've been in the, in the investment planning business for 20-plus years and media for the last you know almost 15. But I will tell you that that is a – a, a real question, and I and number one, we typically get a CPA involved when somebody wants to convert money. We typically say, "Let's run a tax calculation to do it." Second of all, I I like to try to if someone let's say is in the twelve or fifteen overall effective tax bracket, I typically like the conversions to go up no higher than about twenty four percent, meaning that convert enough, pull out enough of your IRA. That's going to contribute to your income to to raise your overall effective income rate to no higher than about twenty four, and just and and that's practically over time how I've been able to solve this conversion problem. I don't know if you have an opinion on that. Well, I'll tell you some strange things happened in twenty twenty, as we all know, COVID, but. I saw some silver linings there that I had never seen, rarely seen in the past. As you know, lots of people lost their jobs. Uh, a lot of small business owners that have these pass-through corporations like S-Corps and, uh, or Schedule Cs, uh, restaurants, people that went out of business had severe, some of them had severe losses. losses. And they showed, I've seen people with, you know, their 2020 income was minus 30,000 or minus 80,000. I told all of those people actually i work may, may not work but i educate as you know advisors i don't really have that many clients of my own i used to individuals so your clients yeah. are more educating financial advisory firms right and i told these advisors find those people they're not thinking about roth iras they're thinking what am i going to do about my business yeah. i said you know you have a guy with a thirty thousand dollar loss convert 30 40 50 of if he has an ira you can convert it for free take advantage of that loss it's a great so you're point. talking about 20 I'm talking about 0%. So 
you know, there are opportunities, silver linings when things are not that great. If you have a low income year, that's when you pile it in and use those low brackets. But back to your other point, we never got around to that question where people say, well, my if my income will spike, it, you know, my income will go way up with a Roth conversion. So I get that question from consumers and it goes something like this, sort of like the other question. They'll say, you know, you make a good case for the Roth conversion. But if I convert, and this again is the problem with the short-sighted thinking. They say, if I convert, and these are people say in their 60s, if I convert, my income's going to skyrocket. It'll be added to my regular income. And then uh, forget about Social Security. That's already taxable. You know, I, people always say it'll make my Social Security taxable, but those income thresholds are so low. They're pretty low. Almost, yeah. Almost everybody's Social Security is it's taxable. Taxed. So yeah. forget about that. But what they so what they would ask, they said, my Medicare premium surcharges for parts B and D will go through the roof because they're income tested, means tested. Sure. Yeah. And they say, you know, if I convert and I see my premiums go up, that's going to make me angry. So you know what I say to those people when they say that? I said, if that's going to make you angry do the conversion anyway, because I'd rather have you be angry one year than be angry for the rest of your life. Because if you don't do it and you do nothing, that account is going to grow, grow, grow. And at 72, you'll be forced to take it out. And the very thing that makes you angry is going to happen every, every year, single year for the rest of your life. This is what I mean by long-term thinking. So you take the pain up front and it's a small amount of pain, but you can't ignore this ticking tax time bomb. You can't ignore the problem. Now, let me ask you this. If we were to look at somebody, I love the, the, the this is great for our audience to, to learn from, is that Ed just mentioned something opportunistically. If you have a low income year, if you go back to school and you're not going to work for a year, if you have a tough year because of COVID, first, Ed's saying, look, be opportunistic, number one. Number two, don't flood your Roth conversion with a million dollar IRA because then now, now I just want to double check on this question here. Let's say you have a million dollar IRA and I'm giving an extreme case for our listeners to think through. You have a million dollars saved in your 401k or your IRA and you're already, you have a fair amount of income. Let's say you have a pension and a couple other things that you've got already a decent amount of income. How big of a mistake would it be? And again, this is extreme to take the whole million dollar IRA and convert it into a Roth in a given year and go from, let's say, a 20% tax bracket to a full-blown 40%. How, how crazy does that sound to Ed Slot? Not crazy at all. I've done it with several clients over the years for a couple of reasons. I'll give you one example. I have a doctor client and she's the uh, same age as me, 67. I'll be 67 this year. And she's uh, just like exactly like you said, she's got, you know, she's an active doctor. She's making tons of money, but she has millions in her IRA from, you know, her 401ks that were rolled over. And if anybody's wondering, how do you get a million? Well, it's not from 6,000 a year. It's from contributions over many years that were rolled over. Uh, so each year she converts about a million dollars to her Roth IRA, even at a higher, a, a more advanced age, like 67, and it raises her tax rate. And the reason she does it, she says, look, I'm doing this not for me. I'll never need any of that money. I'm doing it because it's going to my grandchildren. Right. So, I, I, so what she's doing, it's brilliant if you think about it. The tax she's paying, in effect, is a tax-free gift 
she's making to her grandchildren who, if not for her Roth conversion, they would have to pay all that tax and they'd have to do it accelerated into 10 years after her death. Uh, she's actually giving them a gift. Prepaying the taxes. I love I love that. How about now these are these are again, I work with families that are trying to retire sooner as financial advisors. It's not uncommon to have a family that has way more money than they'll ever spend. They might have five million dollars and they only need 70 grand a year that they'll never spend that money. And it'll probably end up being worth 20 million at some point. We have families that have 10 million or, or more. They're never worried about running out. But Ed, there's also an enormous part of the population that has what I would consider just enough to be able to retire. They might have 750,000. They might have a 1.2 million. And that, it's not as though there's a huge cushion there. So they have to be really careful about not running out. So this is not for the ultra wealthy. This is for the someone who's retired early and they're 65 and they've got this a million and a half dollars in a regular IRA. You would, I would suspect... For that particular situation, which is pretty common, very, very, very normal scenario that I, I right. see as an, a financial advisory firm is you wouldn't suggest to do the full lock, stock and barrel conversion in a year for that particular situation. Is that correct? Right. There I would do the smaller annual conversions. It just points to how important when you're doing your financial planning, your investment planning, your asset allocation, your how you're investing your money. I would say it's equally important for you to have a great CPA to be able to understand the tax side because the tax side is just as important or maybe even more important than the investment side. And, I, and I'm a big believer in that. I, we actually have a tax firm that is tied to our investment firm because so many of our clients come in and they say, well, I haven't really thought about the tax side of this. Well, of course you need to talk about the tax side of this and you need to do those two in conjunction. And I think what we found today as we are talking to Ed Slot, who is the really the, 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 an expert when it comes to, again, Wall Street Journal called him the number one IRA expert in America, to understand just how important it is to the bottom line of anybody that's in this trying to figure out the retire sooner camp. Ed, let me go to the next situation here. Well, let me uh, hit the CPA thing since Please. I'm a CPA Please. myself. Unfortunately, everything I said uh, a lot of CPAs don't agree with, and it's because the way we were trained. From your first day in college in accounting, they they banged you over the head. We were hardwired. Never, ever pay a tax before you have to. Always defer, defer, put it off, put it off. Well, maybe it'll never happen. So CPAs were always inclined to never pay a tax on a Roth conversion. They always defer. Why would you pay a tax? We're hardwired. Never pay a tax. In fact, if when you were a kid, and your mother told you to do something and you said, not now, Ma, I'll do it later. You would have been an accountant because you were trained to defer, to put <laughs> things off. Now, over the years, I've become a recovering accountant because I see the light of paying some tax up front. But a lot of CPAs are still stuck in that model. And when the client says to them, should I convert? Why pay a tax? You know, it's a <laughs> put a stake through my heart first, you know, so you got to get over that that part of it. You get something for your money. That's the secret to my book, to get something to pay tax now, and you'll have a lot more later, even if you're paying at a higher rate now. Let's go over a couple numbers. 59 and a half, 72, stretch IRA versus secure. 
Act and what that changed. So again, maybe just walk our folks through because we have a lot of folks that, again, that listen to this podcast, Retire Sooner, that are really aiming to retire and stop working and maybe need to use at least some of their IRA money pretty early. So 55, right? Which could be in an old 401k if you've retired post 55, could be 59 and a half. There's other strategies like the 72T rule. Maybe walk us just through those really big, important dates, 59 and a half and then 72. Let's start with 59 and a half. All right. Anything before 59 and a half and there's special rule without getting into it, age 55 for plans. I would never touch a retirement account before that. To me, uh, the 10% penalty for early withdrawal is throwing money in the garbage. That's a deal breaker for me. Yep. I would never pay that penalty. There's nothing good that can happen. There are some oddball situations where I might, but generally no. Retirement money is for retirement. Now, maybe you retire early. You talked about that 72T, a way to get uh, smaller amounts in that are not subject to a penalty. But generally, you don't want to pay a penalty. And then on the other end of the spectrum, age 72, distributions mandatory begin. In between age 59 and a half and 72, in my book, I call it the sweet spot, this oasis of planning where you can't do anything wrong. You can't get a penalty. Some people come to me, but Ed, I want a penalty. I'm used to getting beat up by the IRS. No, you can't get one. Even if you're a masochist, you want to pay, can't get one. Before 59 and a half, you have the 10%. 72, you're starting in with RMDs. Doesn't mean you can't do planning after 72, but you're restricted because certain money has to come out. But in between, that's the sweet spot for planning, for doing Roth conversions or even transferring funds out of an IRA and using, I have a section in here on permanent life insurance as an alternative to the loss of the stretch IRA, a better alternative. But there, you that's where the sweet Sweet spot is for planning, and most baby boomers like my age are in that sweet that spot. That 12 and a half year. Yeah. What do you call that? Your safe zone? What do you call the that? Sweet the sweet planning. spot for planning. 12 and yeah. a half year. That's a big sweet spot. It's plenty of right. time. Right. That's a lot of people that can do things without worrying about rules or taxes. I mean, there might be taxes on withdrawals. I'm not saying that. But you don't have to worry about penalties, things that would, uh, the penalty before 59 and a half or the penalty at 72 for not taking a, a required distribution. You have the total planning flexibility to do whatever you want in those years. And for those people I talked about that are worried about Medicare premiums getting triggered if they do a Roth conversion, the Medicare uh, planning is a little tricky for two reasons. Unlike Social Security taxes, it doesn't show up on a tax return. It's just an increased premium you pay. And unlike other items for taxes, it doesn't match up to the year. There's a two-year look back on the Medicare premium. So if you convert today in 21, it won't show up on your increased surcharges for Parts B and D until 23, 2023. So knowing that, if you want to avoid those surcharges, do all your conversions, if you can, not for everybody, by age 62. If you do it at age 63, at 65, when you're on Medicare, it'll be, it'll right. kick so in. People, 
People think, oh, I'll do it at 63 or 64. Nope, it's the two-year rule is going to be triggered. If you can, before age 63 or 62 or younger, so you still have some of that sweet spot, uh, you can convert it any time if you have the money to pay the tax. Obviously, you have to have the money. And that's an important thing we didn't get into. That's a good point. But yeah, so what Ed's, what Ed's approaching to talk about here today is that do if you're going to do your conversion, let's say, let's do round numbers, $100,000 conversion, are, and, and you're going to owe, let's call it $30,000 to do that. Tell us about the mechanism of doing that. I know that you can obviously pay it out of pocket and out of a regular account. Or what if you need to use your IRA money to do that, Ed? What's your Yeah, then I wouldn't there? do it. before. First of all, everyone should know that Roth conversions the last few years after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act are permanent. Once you convert, you will owe the money, no matter if your financial situation changes. So you have to do a projection to know what it's going to cost you in taxes. I wouldn't let that permanency of it deter you from converting, but do a better evaluation. Wait, what do you mean by per- I'm sorry, what do you mean by permanent? You can't undo it. But for years, you were able to convert. And then if your income changed, you didn't have the money to pay the tax, you could recharacterize. Oh, you could recharacterize, right. Okay. Can't do that can't anymore. Do the recharacterization. So you okay. better have it right. You will yep. owe the tax. So that's where it pays to work with a financial advisor, a tax accountant that can project. If you need the, the money from the IRA to pay the tax, don't do the conversion before 59 and a half because the dollars that are not converted will be subject to the dreaded. 10% penalty. Right. To me, that's a deal breaker. But again, if you convert and you have that situation, you need to use the money from the IRA to pay the tax between 59 and a half and 72. That's your you sweet no zone. Problem. That's right. your sweet zone. So you're okay to utilize some of the IRA money to pay the taxes. Right. You're okay to do that. Okay, good. And let's talk about this sea change between how it used to be when when you're a parent, you're, you're, let's say, typically your spouse or your husband and wife are beneficiaries, and you can still do the – you can still – a spouse can still assume an IRA as their own. But what about the the kids that inherit an IRA? There's been a massive change between the tax treatment on that – ever since the SECURE Act came. Can you kind of explain to our listeners what that big change is? For over 40 years of studying tax law, there's one thing that's been a constant. Whenever Congress names a tax act, you can almost always bet whatever they name it, it will do exactly the opposite. (laughs) That is a kind of, here's a good one. My favorite one, the Deficit Reduction Act. (laughs) That was a great one. (laughs) Tell me how that worked out. So now we have the SECURE Act. So when I heard them naming this thing, the SECURE Act, I said to myself, hold on to your wallet. And sure enough, in the revenue provisions, Congress believed IRAs should only be for your own, IRAs, 401ks, all retirement accounts, should only be for your own retirement, not to be used as a wealth transfer or estate planning vehicle. In the past, if you left it to a child or a grandchild, they could extend distributions, which became known as the stretch IRA, and really build, they use this deferral to build chunks of money. Mile, you know, mountains of money for them. And Congress said, no more of that. First of all, we need money. And that's why it's in the revenue provisions of the SECURE Act. We're going to forget the stretch IRA, except for certain elite beneficiaries like your spouse. 
But for most other beneficiaries, 10-year rule. We want that tax money in 10 years after death, and that's that. And that's the rule for most people. So they downgraded IRAs as a planning vehicle for estate planning for wealth transfer, but they upgraded things like Roth IRAs and permanent life insurance, tax-free vehicles. So all Congress did to me, and I mentioned it in the book, is shoot themselves in the foot, always playing catch-up. All they did is incentivize all of us to do the better planning we probably should have been doing all along, building up tax-free vehicles so we never have to worry about Congress raising rates. But again, what's interesting about Secure is that we, we for so many years, the thought was if you've got a big IRA, you name a beneficiary, they only have to take out a small Crumbs. amount, small yeah. amount, stretched. Their required minimum distribution, if, an I, if a 35-year-old inherited an IRA, they could stretch out those RMDs for till they're 100, right, if they live that yeah. long. So it's this tiny amount that had to come out. What the, the massive change here is that now, if a 35-year-old inherits an IRA, they're going to likely, you're going to have to take out all the money within 10 years. Think about that tax bill. They're, they're forcing right. that, right, the, 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 the SECURE Act here is now forcing a beneficiary to distribute the whole amount within a 10-year period, Correct. Right. And it's even worse than you think. Let's say the average IRA owner dies at 80. So their beneficiaries are in their 50s. The beneficiaries themselves may be in their own highest earning years. To, to tack that on, that inheritance, onto their tax bill, they're going to receive a lot less of the IRA money, which is exactly what the government wanted, what Congress wanted to accelerate the tax. So you need to look at other solutions like Roths, and I mentioned the permanent life insurance, where you can get them larger inheritances with less tax. Where do you think we're headed? So we've obviously the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was new as of what, 2017, that was passed and it, what, it kicked in in 2018, right? That lowered some taxes, right, for some people. Right. I, I, I remember doing a radio show about this. It was up, down, flat, up, down, flat. And I was doing a, I think it was the uh, the Trump tax cut calculator. And for most people, it was like 85% of folks were getting a, a tax cut. There were a few, there was a few categories where it went higher. But here we are in a new administration. Do we... Do you think that there's going to be dramatic tax changes under the new administration? I don't think dramatic. There will be tax changes, but with a 50-50 Senate, and I don't have any inside information, sure. just my own thoughts. Now, the, you know, <laughs> likely, <laughs> generally, <laughs> I, I don't think anything extreme will happen because it's a 50-50 Senate. It'll never get through. One provision, a, a proposal I'm talking about is the elimination of the step up in basis. I don't think that'll ever happen. That will never get through a 50-50 Congress. Wow. It's okay. That's interesting. It's too extreme. And I don't know if you know this, but this has been tried for over a hundred years. This year is the hundredth anniversary, I looked this up, of the step up in basis, which began in 1921. All Explain right? to our audience just real quickly what that is. That's All right. You buy a house for $10,000, like my father bought our house we grew up in for $16,000 in uh, 1957. 
after he died, my mother sold it many years later for fi almost $500,000. When she sells the house or when any beneficiary sells the house, it's stepped up to the date of death value. That's your new cost. Or let's say it's a stock. And that's your new cost to determine gain or loss. So you don't pay any income tax on that appreciation during lifetime. That's another reason I don't think you'll see a step up in basis change unless it comes along with a, a several million dollar exemption. Otherwise, to get, you know, they say to get the high earners, but they're going to get everybody that bought a house 40 years ago right. will it be in the soup. You know, so all that appreciation over a lifetime is eliminated from tax. Same thing with a stock, not in IRAs. IRAs don't get a step up. It's full tax to the beneficiaries. But if a beneficiary inherits a stock that's worth a million dollars that Grandma Moses bought one day for $10, they pick it up at a million dollars. They sell it. They keep all the money. No tax. They get a step up in basis. Right. Their so capital that, gain goes from what would be 990000 to right. to nothing if they sell it at, at right at yeah, the Yeah, I don't think you'll see that happen. Okay. Maybe a version of it, maybe they'll raise the capital gain rates. They can only trim around the edges is my feeling because they don't have a big enough majority. So we'll get something in moderation, but people with higher incomes can expect higher taxes, maybe social security taxes, higher income taxes and things but like you that. But maybe... th you don't think that they're going to take the dividend tax rate, which is favorable, the 15 and, and the 20 points? Maybe. They're going to play with the capital gain rate because that was done before. I don't know if you remember for about three years in the 80s under Reagan, by the way, the capital gain rate was the same as ordinary income tax rates. And nobody had a problem that with that. Mm. Well, we'll see if that happens. So, Ed, I wanted to ask you, there's, there's two more things. I can't keep you forever, but I've got two questions to as we kind of wrap up here. One, I want to know a little bit about your other strategy besides the Roth, which involves life insurance. I, I want you to give our audience a primer on that, number one. Number two, what is the most common mistake that you see people make that's the most easily avoidable? All right. On the life insurance, now, just so if your listeners uh, know, I'm a CPA. I do not sell life insurance. I don't sell stocks, bonds, funds, insurance, annuities, none of that. But as a tax advisor, I have to tell you the tax exemption. Remember, I'm all about lowering taxes, helping you keep more of your money. The tax exemption for life insurance is one of the biggest single benefits in the tax code. And most people don't look at it or they think, oh, that only happens after I die. No, you can have access. And I'm talking about permanent life insurance. And given what Congress did to eliminate the stretch IRA, now I believe that strategy of, of taking an IRA down, like we did with the Roth, we take the IRA down, pay the tax and move it to a Roth. You might look at a permanent life insurance policy as a super duper Roth that has a giant death benefit, all tax free without all the government tax rules and the 10 year rule. So for people who want to leave bigger legacies to their children and even grandchildren, they're better off taking down that IRA, maybe doing some Roth or no Roth or going with life insurance. And I have a whole chapter in the book on that. I call it the power of life insurance. So again, 
you know, you have to look for different solutions when Congress keeps changing the rules. Now, the life insurance solution is a much more stable and certain solution than worrying about Congress changing the rules all the time. Again, there's a lot of planning that needs to go into that. And you need to have a good life insurance advisor, but it, it is a solution to minimize your taxes in the future. So I, I think we appreciate that. And I obviously- I leave your beneficiaries with not only more, but more of it tax-free and not subject to all these tax rules. All right, so what's the biggest mistake? Biggest mistake is not addressing the planning. People wake up in retirement, what, now I have all this tax? You know, people focus too much and it's important. I'm not saying it's not important, but what I call the first half of the game, the building, the saving, the working, the investing, the accumulating. I liken that to a football game. Uh, Actually in the book, I call it the front nine and the back nine. I guess I went with golf, but it's the same kind of analogy. With football, there's two halves, the first half and the second half. With retirement, it's the same thing. The, The mistake people make by the end of the first half, when they've done all the working, building, saving and investing, they look at their IRA or 401k say, wow, I've saved all I'll ever need for retirement. They pat themselves on the back. They go in at halftime. They're done. Meanwhile, the IRS, they come out. They're playing the third and fourth quarter. They're playing nobody. So they win. You have to play in the second half of the game. That's where all the planning is. But the planning should be done earlier. So when you get to the second half and pull your money out, you'll have more, keep more and make it last. And that's the overall theme of the book. So let's end with or let's close up with the book as far as where people find it. What's what's this thing cost, Ed? All right. All right. Anyway, you talk about investments a lot, financial investments. This book, I think it goes uh, on Amazon. You can get it anywhere. The new retirement savings time bomb. I think the sticker price is $18. I don't think it says $18. Probably never sells for the full $18. Right, right. Nobody on Amazon ever pays the full price. Um, In fact, I think it's against the law, actually. You know, if you pay full retail, uh, (laughs) that's it. You're banned. So there's always a discount. Uh, All right. So whatever it costs, I think investing in this book, whether it's $18 or $16, is the single best financial investment you will ever make in terms of return on your investment. Imagine getting these strategies, and you may have to work with a financial advisor that can help you implement this, but these kind of strategies that we just talked about, you and I, Wes, think about the savings. You can make a fortune in good tax planning, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars just by making the tax laws work for you rather than against you. And that's the theme of the book. So I think it's a pretty good investment in terms of return on your money. Ed, you're right. And I appreciate your enthusiasm for the second half of the game. And it's funny that, I again, we're so passionate about the back nine, as you would call it, or the second quarters three and four that we have an entire tax firm that helps a lot of our clients. Now, not everybody needs our tax firm. We've got clients that have their own CPAs, of course, but I think it's part of the, it's the complete game. And I'll probably use that analogy now for the rest of my life. The complete game, first half investments, second half taxes. You got to do both if you're going to win the game. Ed Slot knows the answer to that. His book, the new retirement savings time bomb. I think that it will diffuse a lot of issues in your life. The strategies are very worth it. Ed, you you bring a, a real flair and excitement to the topic. And it is awesome to have you on the show here on the Retire Sooner podcast. So thank you for all that you do and your message. 
Well, thanks, Wes, and I hope less taxes makes people happier. And that's your theme. Hey, y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information information.